we are building Upakanini Community Kitchen. It isn't easy building a community kitchen. It isn't easy understanding and figuring out what a community kitchen means. What a community kitchen will mean in its community. Will it be accepted? Embraced? Will it exist without ever really letting people in? Will people come and embrace and utilize the space and protect it? It isn't easy building in our communities. Let us imagine for now a time long past where we were separated by rivers. These rivers were built with bridges and they would take us across whenever we pleased. Imagine again a time that these bridges were destroyed. Heavy rains, a typhoon, lightning perhaps. Imagine what happened to us when we could no longer connect. Imagine these bridges is representing a connection between communities and policies. I do not know of a time when especially black communities could have a say in policies or how these communities are affected by policies. So this episode then is an attempt at building this new bridge where we reimagine a time when communities are engaged on policies, where we can discuss in depth how policies affect us and what policies we want to see in place. To be more specific, we ask then, what are policies? How do they affect us? Who should have a say in policy making and implementation? Finally, what are you doing in your community towards mending this imaginary bridge? My name is Saneli Siwenyaba. I am in the hustle and bustle of the Upakanini Community Kitchen. Today we have helping us Alaze, Heidi and Hilda who will also be discussing these policy questions with us. My name is Heidi Swanby. I've been journeying for a little while with Food Agency Cape Town as they've been thinking through how to transform soup kitchens into hyper-local hubs of well-being, of food sovereignty, of new economic models, as places of, of new ways of being in our society. It's very exciting work. So for me, law and policy is one of the blueprints of our society. Just quietly at the background is shaping our values and our actions. What I've learned throughout my years is, is that policy development is exclusionary. It favors those with education, with legal backgrounds, 
those who speak the right language, those with technical expertise, those with money and vested interests, and it struggles to hear those who participate from different worldviews and different backgrounds. Every citizen has a right to be involved in policy. For so many years, it has become really exhausting regarding government acts and policies that has affected the livelihoods of our fishers to a huge extent. For the last 17 plus years, I think 24 years, we've been fighting to be recognized as small-scale fishers. We took the government to court to be recognized and the Equality Court ruled in the favor of small-scale fishers that the government must implement a small-scale fisheries policy and, and in the interim uh, give rights to people. It's now 17 years after that that people have been getting rights in the interim relief. I am Hilda Adams, living in Marmory, a small town just past Atlantis. I am a small-scale fisherwoman, born into a fishing family, the April family. I am also a small-scale fisher activist. My name is Alazi Manis. I'm a woman, Mozambican of 32 years old. My education background is marine biology and fisheries management. I'm a lecturer and researcher at the School of Coastal and Marine Science at University Eduardo Monjan in Mozambique. I'm also doing a PhD in climate change and policies of sustainable development at University of Lisbon in Portugal. In the last 10 years, as teacher and researcher in marine uh, science field, I have developed a keen interest in actively contributing with solutions for fisheries sustainability that the world faces, especially in tropical coastal areas such as Mozambique, by engaging and understanding the impact of environmental changes in the coastal and marine ecosystems and exploited fishery resources and also address the socioeconomic aspects affecting coastal fish-dependent communities uh, in Mozambique. An important question in my research includes to understand if there, is way, there are ways in which present and future fishing policies can ensure food security for local coastal communities and ensure effective regeneration of conservation of fish resources to ensure sustainability of the local fish communities. In asking the policy question, I find that so far I am left with more questions than answers. Two themes are emerging. It is the question of people's rights. And it is a question on how policies affect the rights and individual rights of the people.
within the Western Cape, there's been a 100% audit done because that was the request of our communities that the minister must review this whole outcome of who is on the small-scale fisheries successful list in the towns and who is not because many bona fide fishers are left out, some even without any fault of their own. And she has decided to take the matter to court to set aside the small-scale fisheries process within that whole system. A lot of injustice also happened and um, many other irregularities happened. Kind of uh, disgusting to see what is all in that audit. In this work so far, I have sat in rooms with researchers. I have sat in rooms with co-researchers. I've sat in rooms with farmers, fisherfolk, women, men, young people, varying identities. The question of policies has made itself into these spaces. The questions of the right to food, for example. South Africa is deemed to have one of the greatest constitutions in the world. Within this constitution is the right to food, a basic fundamental need not reflected in the lives of the people on the ground. And this is not just a South African problem. This is a global problem. Mozambique is projected to become uh, one of the world's most vulnerable countries to resource scarcity and climate-related disasters by 2050 and is presently one of the highest-ranking countries in the Global Hunger Index. This makes food security an essential present and future policy focus not just for research but also for policy making and govern governance as a whole. And since 2012, for instance, the country has acknowledged and embarked in transforming the fisheries management model from the traditional top-down to more participatory approaches that promote uh, inclusivity and empowerment of all stakeholders in the process. And the people involved in the artisanal fishing and fishing for subsistence, they have knowledge about the importance of the ongoing management measures they know why, they know that it's for a generation of fish stocks. They know about uh, the existence of management measures that are annually set by the state, such as the enclosure periods, limitations and prohibitions of using of certain fishing gears, etc. But on, on, on the other hand, uh, currently most of the fishes are not engaged in alternative income genera generating activities, uh, the existing policies do not consider or discuss alternative options of livelihood for communities, coastal communities, and uh, therefore there is no legal incentive for compliance. But when we see uh, the problem in, the, in this fishery uh, as a whole, we can see that it's a weak problem. 
as presently the coastal communities are in a situation of persistent food insecurity. But at the same time, they also represent a constant pressure on fish resources, ecological vulnerability, unsustainable fishing practices and management failures create a risk of ecosystem breakdown in Mozambique fisheries. We must consider the different ways that communities are excluded in the policy-making process. There is a concern about environmental conservation. In this environmental concern, there is the question of language. What does environmentalism and sustainability mean to the people that live in these communities? How does their understanding differ or become similar to that which is reflected in policies? And that in turn is what affects them directly. How can this bridge be mended? The people making boats, the people making the fishing gears, the, all the people involved in the fishing, the artisanal fishing production chain, for instance, which were called in this new approach to step up and take the lead into the management and conservation of their fish resources and ecosystems. And this also, this new approach implied also to take all the problems in, into an ecosystematic approach that includes to see economic, social, and ecologic values are in the same level to achieve this, this desired sustainability of Mozambique. Oh, we are not happy with the way things are at the moment. There must be a, a co-management structure. Government must put in place with the communities, the fishing communities, and that is hopefully uh, there are uh, discussions about that and see how best it can be implemented as to also assist in protecting our resource. And for us as fishers, it's hectic because we don't always understand all these policies, the regulations and all that goes with it. And we do uh, educate one another about it and what can be done. We do have uh, the One Ocean Up and Coastal Justice Network, other organizations like Greenpeace, Green Connection, the whole networking system that we are keeping each other informed and how to best fight all this uh, injustices and unconstitutional uh, activities that are happening, destroying our oceans, destroying our land, destroying our livelihoods. So it's a never ending struggle for justice. All of that difficult legalese and technical um, concepts need to be translated uh, into vernacular, into um, just into ways that people can understand exactly what it is that you're talking about. So everyone should have the opportunity to speak in their own language and uh, come to clear demands. But you need to keep going back to these policy spaces, banging on the door and demanding a space at the table and letting decision makers know that you're accountable.
We see needs for policy changes addressing the interconnectiveness between fishing, the, the whole fishing sectors as something needed in, 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 to tackle this uh, inequality. For example, to develop uh, compensation schemes for the benefits in open sea fishing provided by a prohibition period that the artisanal and special subsistence sector have also to fulfill it. Additionally, we see that given the fact that coastal communities have fishing and agriculture activities as their main sources of food, we suggest focusing on the connection between those sectors, straightening the need of improving productivity and production systems for this, a need for climate-proof solutions, is, um, giving the strong connection between food security and climate change in Mozambique. Knowledge about problems and solutions to problems lie within the same communities in which the problems take place. Fisher communities have a deep understanding of their environment and their dependency on the sea means they also understand that it needs to be protected. This journey into policies is only the beginning. In thinking about mending the knowledge and decision-making gaps in policies, I want us to take another trip back into time. In this concept of washing off and dishing up, a thorough wash of the corruption and injustice that maims communities is needed. In mending these bridges, we have to go into this process of cleansing the dishes on which we are to serve a new future. This can only be the beginning. Follow Odwa Bongo Official on Facebook, who provided our music. I want to thank Heinrich for Cape Town and TMG Think Tank for supporting our work. Please follow us on Facebook, Food Agency Cape Town, and on Instagram, Food Agency Cape Town. More episodes to come. <laughs>